Men, welcome in to the Awake Podcast, an ongoing conversation where we explore what it looks like to live awake, aware, and available to God in every area of our lives. Today, we are joined by a special guest, Bob Fulmer, our marriage ministry director, is here to join us for our conversation today on marriage. Bob, welcome. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you. So today, with Bob here, we're going to be talking about marriage and how we can grow in our relationships with our wives. And so, Joe... So I think we got to start at the beginning. Yes. Let's start with the word. That's right. So if uh, you probably don't have your Bibles in front of you, but if you did, um, you'd turn to Genesis chapter 2. And this is where um, Adam was called by God to name all the animals in the garden. And he saw with each of them, male and female. But for Adam, there wasn't a helper that was suitable for him. And again, I just want to remind you men, that word helper is a good word in the scriptures. It yeah. gives dignity and value to women. And even even it's, it's a name of God right. in the Old Testament scriptures that he is our help. That's that same derivative from the Hebrew there. So uh, it's not it, just that someone helps you doesn't strip their dignity. It's right. uh, it's really important we know that. Okay, so let me read this And when God brings her to the man. It says in Genesis chapter 2, verse uh, 23, it says, Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Okay, so here you see in a perfect world, um, God presenting uh, what Adam was lacking to him, and that is a counterpart, someone to do life mm-hmm. with, a companion. And, and so as he brought this to her, you see Adam doing four things. Number one, you see him uh, receiving them when he mm-hmm. said, this at last is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. In other words, out of every right. animal, every, every living creature I've seen, <laughs> she's the, the one that, that's just yeah. kind of like me, even though he saw differences. Yeah. Yes. Secondly, there was the leaving because Moses now, remember Moses gave Genesis to the children of Israel. This is something that there was special revelation given to Moses mm-hmm. so that as he wrote the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, he could, he could uh, give that to them in the wilderness so that they would know their beginnings. And he would say, ultimately, this is why you leave your father and your mother, because God is doing something in this relationship of cleaving to one another and then becoming one, uh, one flesh. And so what I want to do is go through these four areas and talk really practically, okay? So, Bob, when you think about when you prepare a couple towards Mm -hmm. leaving, I mean, receiving each other, Mm -hmm. let's start with that one. Mm -hmm. Um, What things come to mind? What images come to your mind? Well, the first thing I think about is if it says receiving, that means somebody's given something. Okay. And so, and, and during a wedding ceremony, a uh, father gives his wife, uh, his wife, gives his bride away. <laughs> yes. Uh, and sometimes the mother and father give the bride away. That's right. And that's on a very earthly level. Mm-hmm. But we like to think of it in godly terms, and we believe that all things good come from him. Yes. So when we receive our wife, it's, it's God's gift to us. That's right. And we got to receive her as that, as mm-hmm. God's gift. And it's kind of our way of trusting that God has given us something good. Yep. Um, okay. So I got to pick someone's mind, who, um, a yeah. man at this table who was married within the past two years. Okay. That leaves me out. Who could so. that be? Mm, who could there's, that there's be? One, right. There's so only one. Liam, you're yeah. closer to that ceremony. I'm up on 30 years and Bob is... 39. 39. Okay. So what do you remember about Allie walking down the 
the aisle. You were closest to it, but do you yeah. remember that whole picture of receiving? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember just, I mean, the moment where the doors open up, we didn't do the first look or anything. So the first time I see her is when the doors open up, and it was already such an emotional moment. Okay. And it's like all of this preparation, our, our relationship, all of the engagement was leading up to this moment where, like, she and I are standing together at the altar, ready to make our commitment to one another. And it's yeah. like, to her dad, I'm like, thank you so much for yeah. your blessing. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for, for walking her down. And it's like, now it's just she and I are, okay. are beginning something new. That's right. So that's a quintessential moment, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And I think when you do this in marriage, then the next thing is, how do you keep that going, that receiving? Exactly. How do you keep that wedding day? Now, every day, she's not going to walk down the aisle no. of your house. He's going <laughs> to come down in slippers and, right. and their and zebra slippers. And she won't be spending and... two hours on her hair. No, okay? exactly. But <laughs> but how do you how do you coach couples on how to receive each other now after the wedding? Right. What I tell them is that they have to be intentional with yep. their thoughts because mm-hmm. I think receiving is on the, the person who is receiving. So yep. we're talking to men now. I say, men, you have to be intentional with how you think about your wife. You have to think every day mm-hmm. she's a gift from God. Yep. And when we get gifts that we want to be appreciative, so we want to show them that we are appreciative towards them. Yep. And that means saying things like, I'm so glad I married you. Yeah. That sounds super corny, I know, but mm-hmm. seriously, if you tell them that, you know, you make me a better man. I love I'm love mm-hmm. that we are together and we get to spend life together. Those yeah, are just things that you like think about. Lou Rawls there. You, you yeah, make yeah, come on. Man. You make me a better man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the yeah. things that I, I will say is um, I remember earlier in our marriage, I would get a call just as I drove up to the house. This is just when cell phones were starting to yes. come in. Okay, that cost you some money. Guy. That's right. It cost <laughs> you. And I would, I would hold the call and be talking in and I'd see Cheryl and I'd do this. Now those on watching on video can only see this, but yeah. I'm giving Cheryl the pinky wave and yes. that's okay yes and she said hey i don't like it when you give me the finger when you see me okay <laughs> and and so what we started uh, a new practice yeah. in order for us to receive each other well i ended the call by the time i walked into the house there you go and that was just our we just said yep. that would be good and yep. so that when i saw her i could have good eye contact yep. and it's those 15 seconds it that is. communicate yep. to her those first 15 seconds it's all it takes it's yep. not like the rest of your evening That that receiving is so important. Yeah. And you got to be intentional with that. That means it's got to be done on purpose. That's right. You can't just slide into it. You got to be intentional. When you drive up to your, you had to think about it. You think, I can't give her the pinky wave now. That's right. (laughs) I have to go in there and and just give her some attention. That's right. Because when you get a gift, you want to give that appreciation back. Yep. I've even talked to couples who've made a call on their way home. To, to check the barometer that's of good. That's the day, smart. okay? Super did, smart. Did you have a bad day or did you have a good day? What, yeah. What's going on? And if it's a good day, you can come in with a little bit more high spirits, yes. you know? And if it's a bad day, you need to read that room because you need, the same yeah. greeting doesn't work every time. That's right. If you come in and it's been a long day, they're not prepared to, to be right. you know, happier. You got you to read the room. It's a great that's way right. of putting it. That's right. Yep. Okay, so receiving as a gift yes, from God, yes. that's really the other angle of that. It's not, yeah. this was God's idea. Right. This wasn't just my idea. Right. Okay. And then there's this picture of leaving. And mm-hmm. some of the phrases that we've heard this taught over the years is no longer dependent on your parents and having some level of personal independence as a, as a couple, mm-hmm. no longer... Um, 
again, being as swayed as much by your parents as right. with the relationship and listening to the other perspective on that yeah. from the spouse. Mm-hmm. So, um, how would you interpret that? How do you how do you coach couples on that? When we talk about leaving, I think it's important to hear the word man. Because it says, therefore, a man shall leave. It doesn't say a boy will leave. It's a man. So that means you're an independent, strong man on your own, Mm -hmm. and you are leaving your parents. And now, instead of needing to be fed and led, you're now going to feed and lead. Okay. So I think of it more as now you've taken on a different responsibility. Your roles have changed. You become mature. Yeah. And now you have changed. So now you leave your parents. Mm-hmm. Literally, you know, you don't count on them for every suggestion. I mean, you listen, you can still hear their wisdom, mm-hmm. but your wife's input has a higher level, has a higher value. Yeah. So it's a matter of, um, you know, you just become more of a man. Okay. When you so leave let me his... give you a scenario. Yeah. You've got, um, you've got a, a wife and a husband mm-hmm. and the wife's father's always paid for everything. Mm. And the husband and wife, when they start out, they're they're not making a whole lot. Maybe they got into a house that was a little right. bit more expensive. Yeah. And and uh, the the wife says to daddy, can you help us with the house? Mm. What would you say to that couple? Um, I would say they didn't set up very good boundaries. Okay. Because I think you need to have a discussion about that okay. right off the top as soon as you can that, hey, what are our boundaries going to be in regards to money? Because mm-hmm. that's one of the four problems that marriages run into is money, sex, kids, and communication. Okay. So you want to make sure you've had that conversation and you set boundaries. Sure. And ours were never, hey, if it's, we don't want to borrow money. I mean, we don't want to have money. Uh, yeah, borrow money from yeah. our family. We want it to either be a gift or mm-hmm. nothing. Okay. And we would rather they not be a part of it because okay. now we're so, relying on them. So, so it's a say, conversation. Take it, I'm going to give you a little pushback. Yeah. So um, let's say the wife handles all that with her father because mm-hmm. they have a great relationship. Yeah. And she just tells her husband with that and says, mm-hmm. hey, dad's going to help us out and he'll take care of it. It'll be just fine. We can do this. Uh, that's a tough one because I think that should have been a conversation they had between the two of them. Okay. I think it's something they should have talked about before. The husband will probably would have to say, okay, I don't agree with that. When you do something like that, it makes me feel sure. you know, inadequate. That's right. It makes me feel like less of a man. Yep. But let's, we'll go and follow through with it. But in the future, let's talk about what kind of boundaries we need to set because that brought up a great topic we need to discuss. Okay. And we need to talk about it. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes when uh, dad is still paying for the bills and the wife has built that same dependency on dad, right. and whenever there's tension, she goes to dad. Right. That's going to be a conflict. That's going to be a conflict. And that's going to make a man feel less than a provider and right. less than uh, someone who is has dignity and value in the relationship. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the next one. Next mm-hmm. one. Um. Uh. The mother of the of the uh, husband. Mm-hmm. Thinks he's fantastic. He can do no wrong. Yeah, they usually do. Okay, and <laughs> but the wife sees the flaws. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and the mother of the husband is always criticizing the wife. Mm. How do you handle that one? And how is that leaving? You know what's funny about that is that I found that moms of husbands are more difficult than fathers of the brides. Okay. They are much more protective of that. Okay. So I think that's something where you need to have a conversation with your mom mm-hmm. and let them know in uncertain terms that she is my, she's ahead of you. Okay. Yeah. One of the things I think about when we talk about this is resetting your priorities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when you do that, you're saying that God is first in my life. That's right. He's got to be first because you can't love your wife like you want to unless he is. Mm-hmm. Then your wife needs to come second. 
yeah. in your life. That's right. And then your children, mm-hmm. okay? And then your job. And when you set your priorities in the right order, all yeah. these things you can start handling, you can start managing them better. Sure. So I think if the mother is complaining yeah. or saying something, that's when you got to say, hey, no, because love always protects. That's right. Right? So here's my con- here's my uh, uh, advice I give to couples who are in that same area. Yeah. I go, if it's your family, you need to stand up for your spouse Absolutely. In f- with them. Don't let her have to defend herself with Absolutely. your Absolutely. Uh, and in the same way, uh, if if they're critical of you, she needs to defend you Absolutely. in that same way. Yeah. So love always just, protects. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so protecting the relationship. we got uh, affection. We, we've got receiving. We've got leaving. Mm-hmm. Liam, you're, again, two years into the marriage yep. thing. Um, any comments on leaving? Yeah, I mean, it, exactly what you guys just talked about was something that we learned going through merge. So shameless plug for merge, anybody yeah. that's <laughs> in the process. Yeah. Just so everyone knows, merge is the... Um, pre-marriage what, counseling. Pre-marriage yep. counseling. Seriously okay. dating or... Seriously or dating. Yeah. Yeah. Or engaged. And so it was during that time that we kind of learned those principles of healthy boundaries with our parents. And, you know, and, and it was a fear in, mm-hmm. in our families, specifically mine, that there would be a, a distancing of the relationship between myself, my parents, between Allie and I and my parents. And, and you know, there is going mm-hmm. to be a yeah. distancing. And it's not like, I love you less it's that my priority is now to yeah. to love the Lord and love my wife first yeah. and then mm-hmm. the things that come after that in yeah. sequential order. Yeah. So I had to, to learn that early on and also have those upfront conversations. It's like, these are my priorities mm-hmm. and I'm going to stick to them because they are important to me. And sure. being able to have that yeah. is really important. And one of the things you noticed that wasn't mentioned was you. You know, it's everybody else. It's God, your wife, your children, your job. It's not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a total change of how you think about yourself. That's why I say a boy needs to become a man now. Sure. He's a man. And now his priorities need to change. Mm. Yep. You become more selfless. Okay. So let's, we have a few of our groups who are single guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've talked primarily for marriage, a marriage yeah. audience here. Mm-hmm. And let me just ask you, what, what does this have to do with a single guy right now? If you're a single guy, what would you want... What would you what would you say to a single guy who's listening in on this podcast right now? Um, I think to most single men, I think it's important to date your potential wife mm-hmm. long enough to see them at their worst. Okay, I think it's uh, important to have conversations to to go through classes like Merge mm-hmm. or to sit down and go through an assessment with one of us because we can go through those with you. I'm doing it right now with a couple, yeah. just to kind of see what the compatibility looks like. Yep, because you want to address as much as this before you get married yes. as you can. That's right. Because once you've made a promise and a covenant with God, yep. you don't want that to be something where you went, oh, we never really talked about money. We never right. really talked about where we're going to spend Christmas. That's you right. know, how are we going to deal with in-laws? That's right. How so are we going to handle money? Yeah. yeah. So it's better to do the work up front okay. and to try to make it right on the back end. Yep. But also for the single guy too, and, and not to steal any of Bob's thunder or take away people for his ministry, but I, I think that it's important for single guys to know that like that development into manhood mm-hmm. is not only for those who get married. That's oh, yeah. right. That transition from easy to difficult, from temporary to eternal, right. all of those transitions from for boyhood sure. to manhood. Yeah. That's got to happen for all of us. That's right. And Wherever all of you, yeah, it's super important. Yep. Here's what I found that 
any couple you're going to marry is going to struggle with at least one of these. Yeah. And so the receiving, the leaving, the cleaving are becoming one because mm-hmm. we're all independent. We're right. all sinners. And so yes. there's going to be something either in our present or in our past background family story that's going to get in the way of one of these things yep. working. And so it's good to know those things yep. and work out those things. Yeah, A unhealthy them. relationship with your mom as a single man is good to address before a wife comes into the issue. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So now we're moving to cleaving mm-hmm. and dun, da, 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 this is the one we're all interested in. Uh, yes. Bob, why don't you talk to us about that? Uh, when I think about cleaving, okay. um, I actually, I think about uh, the word intimacy, Yes. Uh, but intimacy really means more than just sex. Okay. It really means there's emotional intimacy, there's spiritual intimacy, and there's physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. And when you hit on all three of those, that is really where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, emotional intimacy is sharing your, your ugliness, the bad things you've done, sharing your hopes, your mm-hmm. dreams even. I mean, it's not always, always a bad thing. It's just yeah. also sharing, hey, this is what I dream about. And you share those things with each other. And the more you share each with, that, with each other, your yes. intimacy rises, which is being fully known and fully loved. Yes. So that's the emotional intimacy. The spiritual intimacy is sharing your faith walk. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as going to church together. It could be doing a devo together, a devotional yeah. together. Praying together. Praying together, serving together. By the way, why is prayer so difficult for men with their wives? I don't know, but I will tell you this, that when I meet with couples that are having problems, the first thing I tell them to do is you need to start praying for your wife out mm-hmm. loud in front of her before you go to bed or first thing in the morning. And those that do have a tremendous turnaround in their marriage by simply praying. Yeah. It's very difficult to be angry with or mean to somebody you just prayed for. Yeah. Even if you prayed, Lord, get them right in front of them. Whatever it is. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you, Lord, get them, take them out. Yeah. Make sure the insurance has been paid. Those are really hard to say when she's right in front of you. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And when you're praying to God, even people who are not really strong Christ followers, maybe they're just baby Christians and they're just learning about it. Or maybe, I just say, just say the words. Mm-hmm. Just say the words. Your heart yeah. follows your mind. So let me ask you another question. This is about as personal as it's going to get. Not yeah. personal in your angle, but yeah. personal with people. Is sure. that sometimes uh, if, if you only view cleaving as sex, mm-hmm. okay, and you have one dynamic there and it's one dimensional yeah, right. and there's no emotional. By the way, that's how she is open to more sex right. is through your yeah. emotional togetherness that's and right. cleaving. Yep. And that's how she's more attracted to through your spiritual, right. which versus uh, I've seen so many wives mourn over the lack of spiritual depth of their husbands. Yep. Yep. And it's really hard because then she holds great expectations for her, for you yeah. and you hold great sexual expectations right. for her. Right. And you know what it's like for how to have someone fall short of your expectations. Absolutely. You're never encouraging each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I think that's really that's really key. I'm so glad yeah. you shared the different levels of yeah. how, of of cleaving. And the thing to keep in mind for guys, for all of us, really, is that the sexual part of your life of your marriage isn't that much of it, really. When you think when you break out how many minutes in a day, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. uh, it's not that the the bigger portion is really the emotional part. That's right. Of that intimacy of sharing those things. And it's the spiritual part that can really, when you're hitting on emotional and spiritual, the sexual part is better because it's yeah. God's gift to us. It's him saying, this is the two of you literally becoming one flesh yep. and you're on the same page. You love each other. You know each other, mm-hmm. you know, all the bad things about each other and you still love each other. Just like I love you. That's right. This is a picture of how God loves us. 
in yeah. all those ways. And, and I would say that's how redemption happens in a marriage. Think about all the different Absolutely. backgrounds, how promiscuous our culture is oh, on yeah. sexuality. It's basically right now nothing's seen more than an exchange of fluids. Right. And yeah. I hate to say it that brashly. Yeah, but, that's what it, yeah. but when there is no emotional connection, when there's no relational yeah. acceptance, when there's no spiritual connection, my yeah. goodness, we're just like animals then. Yeah, it's empty. And we have, we have depreciated the body. We have depreciated yep. the image of God yep. in her or in us. Yep. And we have mistreated what God had called holy. And yeah. so I think that's something for us to continue to remember. I think it is. I think, I think people also don't put enough uh, emphasis on the spiritual intimacy part of the sexual part. Yeah. Because when you are spiritually close, I mean, I think in Surge, I don't think they allow students to pray, male and female students, just alone to go alone and pray yeah. together because it can create this intimacy, this mm-hmm. intimate feelings that you start having. Yeah. So you got to be very careful. And right? I would even say this, if you're in a dating relationship, be careful yes. how you can manipulate someone with the spiritual yes. towards the physical. Exactly. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, to to just jump in, I'm this incredible spiritual leader and yeah. then while well, at the same yeah. time, I'm out Let's pursuing you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, so this last one is becoming one, uh, and what we're talking about there is acting together, doing yeah. the same thing together. And so mm-hmm. what, what comes to your mind when you think about that? Uh, I think that if you cleave well, you become one much easier. Mm-hmm. I think if you're not cleaving well, that's not going to happen. And when I think about becoming one, it's two independent, strong people mm-hmm. becoming together on the same page. It's not you become the same person. That's right. Because I want an individual to be a strong man, and I want a strong, independent woman mm-hmm. to come together. I don't want a needy relationship. Yes. If I'm talking with couples, and I, these my soulmate, or I just mm-hmm. need her in my life, yeah. you know, oh, that's a problem. We yeah. got problems. Because right. I want strong people to come together, because mm-hmm. the two together are better than one, right? So I think about that. I think about two independent people becoming one, and that to me means they have the same desire, the same will, okay? Yeah. I think of the Trinity, Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. two all three separate beings, but they're one. And what is the one? Jesus says, "I do the will of my Father." Mm-hmm. Happily, do the will of my mm-hmm. Father. Even that means dying on a cross for him, yep. for the people that we have a relationship. So it's that it's the sameness of wills, the sameness of desires. And the more you cleave in all those areas, the more you become one. Your desires are the same. Your wills are the same. Mm-hmm. What you want for your family legacy to look like is the same. Yeah. You may have different ideas of how to get there maybe, and that's mm-hmm. what you work on. Sure. But your innermost desires are the same. Yeah. It's like it's almost like a, a maybe a bad metaphor is like a basketball team. Mm-hmm. You know, when they play for themselves, they're not that good. But when they play as a team, they're mm-hmm. so much better because they all have the same will, the same desire to win. That's right. Okay. Those are really good, Bob. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, Thanks for having to me. have that. This is what you do. This yeah. is your wheelhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this stuff. So one of the last things we we want to talk about is what every wife needs to hear from her husband. Mm -hmm. And this is where we kind of bring it back on you to be intentional. And we talk about affection, admiration, affirmation, and attraction. And so affection is she needs to hear, I love you, with eye contact, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I think that she needs to hear, I love you. Um, I think she needs to see. I love you. And we talked mm-hmm. about that a little bit. To me, love in a marriage is about choice and sacrifice. Yep. So if you say, I love you, then you treat her horribly. Those words are empty. That's right. But if you and say, I love you and you sacrifice and give of yourself and time, that's different. That's right. It adds meaning. 
and not just I love you after something has been done for you. Oh, you know, yeah, for sure. That's, not just after sex. That one. Not just after yeah. they've served you. <laughs> yeah. It's I love you with no strings atta- yeah. attached. Yeah. Just because of who who you are. That's right. Who you are to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which moves to admiration. You're really good at this. Yeah. Or I saw you do that with your with the child with our child. Yeah. And man, you did a great job with that. Yeah. Or how did you do that, man? I would have lost it with that person. Yes. It's just the different angle of admiring. Everyone right. wants to know that they can contribute and that they have a meaningful, significant part of you. Yeah, and especially uh, what Shanti was saying when she was here. She said that women really need to know that the family is good. Yes. The family is We're a good. good thing. We're good. So mm-hmm. before you have any kind of conflict, conflict or anything, it's always good to say, hey, we are good. Yep. Man, I love you. You're my wife. You're my one. I compare everybody else to you, yep. but we're going to throw down some conflict. That's right. <laughs> that's right. But I want you to know this so is safe. This with, is a safe place. Yeah. The next one is affirmation. And that's, um, I'm proud of you. And so many times we encourage parents to always say that I'm proud of you. You're doing such a great job right. at this. But when you can do that and affirm your spouse in front of the kids, you yeah. now teach them mm-hmm how to build into a future relationship. Absolutely. And I'd also say that if uh, this maybe takes it in a little different direction, but it's talking about doing things in front of the children because mm-hmm. more is caught than taught. Yes. And if they see parents have conflict, do it well. Yes. And then they see them make up mm-hmm. and still love each other. That's they right. grow to know that, hey, I don't agree with them, but I don't have to hate them. That's right. We can just be disagreeable and that's okay. Yep. So I think that's an important thing to always make sure that they see you, yes, yes. affirming each other, loving them well. I, I tell couples all the time, the best thing you can do for your kids because they're number three on the priority right. list is to love each other well. Love your Kids need yep. a mom and dad to That's take right. care of them and a strong marriage provides that. So affirmation is also eye contact. We yeah. have lost eye can- contact so that it's so intimate to, to reach and look at someone's Powerful. eyes these days. Why? Because we're looking at screens. FaceTime doesn't count. <laughs> We're, lo- we're looking at screens and we're in the same room, but we're looking in different places and yeah. we can have uh, three screens on in a room yes. and, you know, everyone thinks that we're all together. Yes. Which uh, there's a off. book out on that called Together Alone. Mm. Together yeah, Alone. It That's talks perfect. About how media is just so yeah. diverse and distracts people. That's perfect. I've read Together some alone. really interesting um, articles and studies on just the power of eye contact and affirmation in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And and this counselor psychologist had these couples just look at each other in the eyes for five minutes straight. Yes. And That's I know daunting. I think uh, yeah. And and it That's was. Cool. His encouragement to them was, hey, look at them with love and affection, admiration, not with just a joke. And it takes about a minute, minute and a half Mm -hmm. before you get over the discomfort. (laughs) And then it's just this deep sense of sharing a moment with somebody. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. It is powerful. uh, I've not tried it. But hey, give it a shot and let us know how it works. <laughs> yes, yes. we'll want to know. <laughs> Last one, and we're going over on our, t- on our time. Thanks, everyone. Uh, attraction. Attraction. Yeah. A wife still needs to hear you're beautiful. Just think about all the images that you're marketed to on a daily oh, basis yeah. and yeah. all many images she sees and compares herself with Yeah. to fall short. Yep. And I would say this is even more important the longer you're married. Mm-hmm. Because we change, yeah, our bodies change. I, I always tell people all the time, Luann did not marry this. <laughs> I was, you know, I don't know what she would again. Yeah, you know, I used to have long, flowing black hair, you know, and <laughs> strapping body, you know, all those things. And I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. So you have to study your bride all the time, and she needs to hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. She needs to hear that she's beautiful. And I'll say things to Luann. So I'll say, Hey, those pants look great on you. 
Mm-hmm. Boy, I love you in polka dots. She looks amazing <laughs> in polka dots. She really does. And I'll say, hey, you look great in polka dots. Yep. Just find something. Find something just to say, hey, you are still so beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. You know, because when Adam saw Eve, it's like, wow, she's, she's bone of my bone flesh. She is mine. Yeah. You know, and all other women would be compared to her. She's not compared to them. They're compared to her. She's yeah. the standard. And your, your wife needs to be that standard. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a really hard question we're going to end on, I think. Oh, dear. Ready? Sorry. We were, it was going so well. Let's go. It was going so what well. If, what if you're no longer attracted to your wife? You want to hear my answer? Yeah. Okay. No. My, we, my answer, so my we answer is... In prayer. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to end it now? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you could have to answer that. No, go no. ahead. Um, you know what? It, this may sound really bad, but I'd say, say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Say it anyway. Because... Like, I, I, I believe your heart follows your mind. It's important to speak well of somebody else because when you do, your affections for them continue to grow. Yeah. It's like being kind to somebody, even if you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. It's like loving your enemies. Yeah. Okay, why does Jesus say love our enemies? We don't like them. They wouldn't be our enemies if we did, right? Yes. But when you're kind to them and you're sacrificial to them, you begin to grow an affection for that person. That's right. So when you tell them, you find that quality. Your eyes are gorgeous. Hey, mm-hmm. you look great in polka dots. You know, mm-hmm. Whatever it may be, your sure. hair looks good today. Be kind. Love mm-hmm. is kind. Love yeah. is patient. Love is kind. I, I have a dear friend who works in um, in weight loss, and yeah. and he hears that all the time. Yeah, from from people who come in and say, "My husband hasn't looked at me yeah. in years. It's devastating. They've not told me they love me." Mm. And you think about the loneliness that that comes yeah. to and yep. how it just compounds the problem yep. too and how someone views themselves. Right. And that smile, that oh. smile towards someone mm. is is a reflection of God's stance and posture towards yeah. us, right? Yeah. And so it's so important to keep up how God views them yeah. and let how God views them shape how you view them. Right. right? And that's where putting Christ first helps. That's right. Because now we're going to take his love for us and how he views me imperfect, yeah. not looking the same, gray, losing hair, all this stuff, but he still loves me. That's right. So when he loves me like that, I should look on my wife. Mm-hmm. And give her the same thing. That's right. And it's that pride you got to get rid of. Because, like you said, we're, we see so many images, mm-hmm. and culture says this is the standard. This is what's beautiful. That's right. And that's not true. That's a lie. Yes. What is beautiful is the gift that God has given you, and you get to grow old together, and it's important to say those things. Yep. Well, guys, I know that I am grateful for just being able to be present in a conversation like this, you know, being two years into my relationship with my bride, knowing that there's a handful of guys that are going to be listening to this that are fairly young, fairly new in the area of of walking as husbands. But I I know that this is going to be a a conversation that is going to be impactful. It's practical. It's helpful. And so, guys, I just want to say, take some time to really Dig into this content. Look at this passage in Genesis 2 that we just walked through today and and look in your own lives of what it could be like if you put into practice some of these principles that we talked about today. So as you gather together, we've got some discussion questions that are going to be in the guide that I'll send out to you this week when this podcast drops. And so you guys can get together with your groups, walk through some of this content and have a great time just discussing what it could look like to model Christ-likeness in your marriage. I've got one last announcement I want to share with you guys, and that is that we are launching another session 
of the six-week awake study on in July. And so if you are interested in learning more about that, it is up on our website. So you can go to fbctopeka.com slash events. If you'd like to re- or be a table facilitator, we'd love to have you fill a table with a group of guys to invite into these very conversations that we're having today and to continue to build relationships with one another because we believe it's so important. Yep. Bob, Joe, thank you both so much. Thank you for having me. Guys, we'll see you next time. All right.